Chapter 8 Jerry jolted to attention as Mr. Vachev wrapped his baton on the music stand. Silence. The chatter and racket from the orchestra abated. The fall concert is in a couple of weeks on Halloween, so it's imperative we take maximum advantage of every rehearsal. His gaze swept the concert stage like a hawk in search of prey. He turned to Victoria. Where's Adrian? Victoria shrugged. I don't know. Coming! Adrian's voice squeaked from the rear of the stage. Her hair stuck up in every direction. She wore sweats and no makeup. Poor girl. Probably overslept. Jerry gave her an encouraging smile as she clambered around several violists to reach the vacant seat at the stand adjacent to his. The conductor's eyes shot daggers in her direction, then examined the score in front of him. Today, we turn our attention to the last two movements of Berlioz's 1830 Symphonie Fantastique, March to the Scaffold and Dream of a Witch's Sabbath. A pregnant pause ensued as Adrian fumbled to retrieve her viola from its case. Mr. Bachev cleared his throat. <clears throat> like Vivaldi's Four Seasons a century before, Berlioz championed program music, the fusion of sound and story. One of the clarinetists raised her hand. Yes? Impatience rose in the conductor's voice. The clarinetist perched herself on the edge of her seat, instrument in her lap. In preparation for my solo in the third and fourth movements, I researched the life of Berlioz. Overachiever, Adrian whispered to Jerry. He rolled his eyes. The girl straightened her shoulders and continued, Is it true Berlioz composed the work while on drugs? Franklin, seated next to Victoria, laughed so hard his instrument almost slipped to the floor. Jerry groaned. The maestro waved the girl off with his free hand. Allegedly so. In this epic adventure of love and loss, an artist becomes obsessed with a woman he considers the feminine ideal. After taking a powerful drug, he dreams that he murders her in a fit of jealous rage. One of the flutists clutched her instrument so tightly her fingers turned white. It sounds like a Shakespearean play. Yes, Mr. Vachev nodded. Berlioz's affinity for Shakespeare inspired many of his compositions. In March to the Scaffold, the artist is condemned to death for his crime. He approaches the guillotine, and then... The conductor raised his baton above his head, then sliced the air like a blade. Gasps rippled across the orchestra. Franklin's eyes gleamed red with insatiable interest. He gets his head chopped off? Yes, Mr. Vachad's slender fingers stroked the baton like Voldemort with his wand. If you listen to the chords at the end, you can hear the blade fall. Jerry gagged. Raising two fingers to his mouth, Franklin pretended to take a drag off a cigarette. Yeah, sounds like Berlioz was high on something. Franklin would know all about that. The sickly stench of pot hung on him like a cloak. The conductor nodded. He probably took opium, a drug known to cause hallucinations. A diabolic smile spread across Franklin's face. Cool. The muscles in Jerry's stomach tightened. Why did musicians find such a fascination with drugs? Maybe they were trying to compensate for something broken deep inside. Or maybe the pressure of performing drove them to it. He winced. Could Victoria handle the pressure of Johann Conservatory? Or would it break her, like it did so many composers? And Aunt Margaret. A lump formed at the back of his throat. He had to protect Victoria from that fate. If he ever did ask her out... Could he convince her to stay? After a run-through of the two movements, Victoria's arms ached with fatigue. The conductor closed the score. That's enough for today. 
At her next rehearsal, we'll focus on Vivaldi's Autumn with soloist Professor Chang and Danse Macabre by Sanson. Yet more confirmation of the maestro's morbid obsession. She caught sight of Jerry and rolled her eyes. He grinned in return. Mr. Vachev picked up a pile of papers off the podium. Don't forget, the fall concert is your last chance to sign up for the concerto competition. He handed a flyer to Victoria with the words Belton Concerto Competition printed in bold. Franklin snatched one and stuffed it in his folder. Like a wand in the hand of a wizard, ready to cast a spell, the maestro's baton pointed straight at her. Victoria, please prepare the solo part of the Sanson for our next class. You'll need to acclimate yourself to its unusual tuning. Her breath caught in her throat. What unusual tuning? I assumed Professor Chang would play the solo. Mr. Vachev shook his head. Not on this piece. She'll be backstage preparing for autumn. This one is your responsibility. Victoria's heartbeat quickened with excitement. Yes, sir. Good. I'll see you next week. The conductor descended the podium and strode off stage. Yeah, Victoria, Franklin said, voice dripping with disdain. I'll sit as concertmaster for this one. We wouldn't want anything to interfere with your solo. He tightened his grip on the bow clutched in his hand. One wrong note and your chance to win the concerto competition will be... He snapped his fingers. I've been practicing my concerto for months. What about you? I... Victoria lowered her eyes. That's what I thought. <laughs> you haven't even started. Been too busy babysitting your giant family? Lay off it, Franklin. Jerry stood behind Victoria, his bow inches from Franklin's chest. How long had he been there? She's been practicing all summer. More than I can say for you. His eyes scanned Franklin's gaunt face. You were stoned for at least half of it. Franklin met Jerry's gaze, his features hard, bloodshot eyes flashing. You wouldn't know anything about it. Don't want to get in trouble with Mommy, do you? Jerry raised a clenched fist, but Victoria grabbed his wrist. Just back off, Franklin, Jerry said through gritted teeth. Franklin pushed Jerry away. All right, but we'll see who's the best player this spring at the audition. Victoria can't stay on top forever. <laughs> he laughed a cold, cruel laugh. Victoria stood on the front porch and inserted her key into the lock. Why did she allow Franklin to get under her skin? He was all bluff, jealous she'd beat him out for concertmaster. But why was he so competitive? To compensate for something else? As she opened the front door, the halting sounds of an incompetent piano student accosted her ears. This was the last thing she wanted to hear right now. The kid clearly hadn't practiced. How infuriating. Victoria stepped inside and set down her case with a thud. After the piano music stopped, Mom's heels clicked into the entryway. Good work today. Try to get in a few more practice sessions this week. A little girl and her mother waved as they opened the door. See you next week, Mom said before the door clicked shut behind them. She turned to Victoria. How was your day, sweetheart? Fine. That bad? Mom frowned. Do you want to talk about it? I can brew tea. I found a new flavor the other day, a chocolate caramel infusion. Victoria's mouth began to water. Sounds delicious. Once they entered the kitchen, Mom pulled a round black canister and two mugs from the cupboard, one with the words, World's Best Mom, imprinted on it, 
into the other, I loved music. Mom scooped a few of the leaves into a tea ball. Did you rehearse the Berlioz? I love the Symphonie Fantastique. You do? Victoria arched an eyebrow. It's a far stretch from your light Italian art songs. Gruesome, if you ask me. Mom laughed. You forget that I was an opera singer before I became a mother. I wouldn't call Wagnerian operas light. She ran her hand through her golden hair. You're right. I do prefer the joyful nature of Mozart. However, the dance scene in Berlioz's second movement reminds me of heaven with the two harps. She strummed the air with her fingers. It all goes to pot from there, literally. Berlioz was on opium when he wrote it, so his main character's high for half the work. Mom sighed as she placed the mugs in the microwave. Yes, it breaks my heart that so many musicians fall into that path. I don't understand, Victoria leaned on the marble countertop. What drives them to it? After a moment's hesitation, Mom spoke. I can't say for any particular individual, but the pressure of performing weighs on some people. The desire for perfection, the obligation to put on a good show, the need to recreate the same dramatic intensity night after night. All of these factors affect a person's well-being. When the microwave beeped, Mom retrieved the drinks. How did you do it? Mom dropped the tea ball into the I Love Music mug and handed it to Victoria. By the grace of God, Victoria raised her lips to the steaming liquid as Mom continued. I prayed God would give me the strength to fulfill his plan for my life. And he did? Warmth flooded Victoria's body as the chocolate caramel goodness trickled down her throat. Yes, he walked me every step of the way. Even when surrounded by people held captive by drugs, I prayed I could shed a glimmer of light into their dark world. She pulled the tea ball from Victoria's mug and plopped it into her own. How could her mother have such sympathy toward her fellow musicians, the Franklin Curtises of the world? Victoria's insides churned. Would she possess the strength to carry her through the strenuous life of a conservatory musician? What if she, too, crumpled under the immense pressure of it all? Her mother took Victoria's free hand in hers. Victoria! Her voice rang in Victoria's ears like church bells. You're a musician for a reason. You have the talent and the passion for it. But those aren't enough. Her steady gaze held Victoria's. You'll never reach artistic perfection. She took a sip of the tea. The good news is, you don't have to.